Welcome to Taking the High Road, a special show dedicated to the trucking industry, specifically at the confluence of recruiting, retention, and compliance. In the fourth year as the host of this show, I bring over two decades of industry experience, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side. And each week I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges. I appreciate all the positive feedback, uh, good or bad, actually. It, it, I'm indifferent. Just bring us feedback. We like to hear it. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on your preferred platform. And by the way, if you are watching on YouTube, please uh, go ahead and smash that like button. We like that. So uh, I'd also like to thank and highlight the show's valuable sponsors. Their dedication and commitment to the industry and to the show is greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the Higher Road or joining me for an interview, please email jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. This week, I'm honored to be joined by an award-winning leader whose focus and passion on retention and the driver experience is making a huge difference, Rochelle Baker, Director of Culture and Driver Services with Canadian-based Searcy Trucking. Great to have you on the show, Rochelle. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really excited to get into your background, what attracted you to the trucking industry, what it is about culture and the driver experience that forged your passion. Uh, we could talk about Searcy Trucking, your impressively low turnover, and what you're doing to continually improve the driver experience there. And since you operate in Canada, I'd love your take on uh, you know, what's happening there. Uh, perhaps you could share some of the advantages as well as challenges that you've been facing the past few years. And then lastly, we'll answer a question from a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that work for you? Sounds exciting. All right. Yeah, for some of us anyway. Uh, I start every <laughs> conversation with a book recommendation. Can you uh, share with the audience maybe a book that you've read or that you're reading that's been impactful for you? So uh, absolutely. I actually have an example here because I know I know what you do with the of your shows. Um, so this book uh, is called Testing Positive, 365 Days of Calm Through Chaos um, by Sylvia Marusic. She's um, local to Winnipeg. Um, she actually started writing this, I guess, during chaos of COVID. Um, so the book itself is, it's quite long, um, just because the, the, I guess the context behind it is to work on overcoming some of that negativity that just kind of seemed to draw us all in, uh, to almost every conversation that we were a part of during COVID. Um, and so there's a, a little ledger with you to coach yourself on turning negative to positive. Um, I have always tried to be a positive person, but you know, during that, that awful time in our lives, um, where everything just seemed to have a negativity and seemed to divide us all, I really needed, um, something to help me focus on how to be positive and how to turn things around. So, um, Sylvia is actually a health and safety advocate in uh, in Manitoba. She works with um, with companies on their um, on their safety plans and just health and safety in general. And um, sh she actually spoke at uh, Manitoba Trucking Association event last year that I attended. Um, so yeah, the the book was purchased by a few of us in the office, and uh, it's hard to get into that routine, you know, every every day. But uh, she did a great job of just kind of keeping it simple. And really, um, you know, accurate information on how to kind of uh, transform your thinking. So, yeah, that's one of my favorites right now. Yeah, I love that. And uh, by the way, that seems to be a theme. I'd say overall, if I look back at the last going on three plus years of uh, questions, a lot of them are about 
you know, the mindset and, you know, just sort of reframing things or, or you know, transforming, you know, turning negatives, you know, again, it's, you can't control everything, but what you can control is how you behave or how you respond, how you perceive things and that sort of thing. And so that that's definitely an overarching theme that I've, and it, I'm sure COVID played a role in that, but I just think it's healthy in general. Absolutely. And I think in trucking and not saying that this is not happening in any other industry, but especially in trucking during the COVID time when, um, <clears throat> you know, truckers are essential and, you know, thank you for moving everything, but bathrooms are closed and you can't go here and we're shutting down. And although you're essential, I think that that negativity just kind of overtook everybody, even the most positive person I think needed to really work on it and, um, and practice it. Right. And I think it's, a, you know, a good reminder every day, this industry on how chaotic it is and how things can quickly turn around. You have a great day and you walk into the office this, you know, Monday morning and then something happens to alter your mood. Right. So it's just try. And then I feel like too, when you're positive, you, even you can try to spread it around. People tend to try to, you know, take that over. You know, it's, it's one of those things where spreading positivity is not a bad thing because you could get it back in yeah, return. Right. It's contagious. So, and by the it way, is. it's pretty cool that it's written by a fellow Winnipegger. Yeah, yeah, she's doing great. And uh, she's on LinkedIn and all the social media places. So um, yeah, she's she's great. And she is just this energy that she has. She's overcome cancer. Um, she's just yeah, she's got this energy to her that is super infectious. Whenever she speaks, you just you listen, right? And uh, yeah, so I think she's she did really well with the book. Well, speaking of energy, I'm curious, who is Rochelle Baker? And how did she get her start <laughs> in the trucking industry? Well, it's, uh, I think I don't have like a background where, you know, my dad was a trucker or anything like that. And to be honest, I never really knew much about the industry. Um, I had recently had my daughter 12 years ago and I was, uh, we have a, a year long maternity leave in Canada. We're <laughs> very, uh, thankful to have a year off with our littles. And, uh, I was kind of looking to go, um, back to work. I was working in a totally different field. And actually, one of my mom's uh, best friends, her daughter worked with Bison Transport, which is inevitably our parent company, uh, one of the biggest in Canada. And um, she said, you know, there's a position here in driver services. I was like, what the heck is driver services? Like, I had no idea what it was, right? But she said, I think you'd be great for it. It was for a, um, a pre-hire uh, onboarding um, associate. So um, I was up north, way up north, where there's close to polar bears in Manitoba, um, you know, kind of towards the end of my mat leave on a on a vacation, ironically. And so I applied and I walked into the beautiful uh, terminal here in Winnipeg that Bison has. And I actually ran into a girlfriend of mine that I hadn't seen since high school. Uh, so it had been 10 years at the time almost. And uh, uh, she was working there and she's like, oh, it's a great place to work. And I interviewed and I got the job. So I began my journey 12 years ago at Bison and um, jumping into trucking, again, not knowing anything about it. They did a great job training. They get, did a great job um, teaching you that culture. And, and Bison has one thing, they have a, a great culture and uh, it's really easily uh, easy to um, kind of dive right into that. So I trained there, uh, pre-hire associate was pretty much like the onboarding aspect. So 
Um, I got to know the drivers. I was pretty much one of their first contacts when they came in for orientation. And uh, the the exciting part about that is that you really are their first point of reference. So you kind of build that relationship with them, um, especially being in driver services. Like we're there to literally assist the drivers with anything, right? So not directly involved with, you know, logistics and planning and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I found myself being friends with some of these drivers and having great connections because, you know, you're updating documents and you're, um, you know, renewing, you know, all of the, the things that they need to be successful on the road. So, um, so yeah, that developed into a, a quick transition into the actual recruiting department where I would say over about a year or so, I, I jumped into that. So, um, onboarding directly and, um, you know, working with advertising and trying to, to get the word out there that, you know, they're looking for drivers. So, uh, that kind of brought me into the industry, um, through our now parent company, Bison Transport. Well, that's exciting. And by the way, a one year maternity leave for all of you listening that are U.S. based. No, you can't just go move to Canada. Okay. <laughs> but, but no, that's, well, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, by the way, you may be the first hockey player that I've had on the show. <laughs> Certainly the first female hockey player. Oh, um, let's not go that far, though. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if that's what everyone does in Canada. I kind of, you know, I feel like. But how long? Just quick question. I do want to get into seriously trucking in and uh, and and retention and driver service. But how long? I'm just curious. Have Have you been playing hockey? So actually, ironically enough, today my Facebook memories showed me. Uh, seven years ago, stepping on the ice for the first time in um, a small town near the town that I live in, uh, just outside of Winnipeg. So I was reminded of that today. I'm now on a different team in another small town uh, close to my town. Uh, so yeah, seven years. I didn't have very much experience. Like my sisters were in um, in hockey growing up in Ringette, which I'm not sure if you know of, is a, a, a hockey-like stick, but it's just one stick with a little ring and it's very similar to hockey but um uh yeah so i needed needed to kind of get into something when you move out to a smaller town um like i did there's not a ton to do like the city so um and i wanted to kind of get involved and my husband is a is a hockey player and played in the in the states for a couple of years when he uh when he was younger so yeah i gave it a go and seven years later i still love it it's you know good exercise i've never really been like a gym rat so getting out um and playing hockey in the winter time uh once or twice a week is a really good um yeah. aerobic exercise yeah <laughs> i'm great. reminded of that every time i step on the ice <laughs> yeah it's uh it's not something that i've ever done and it seems daunting it seems like uh it's pretty it's pretty physical sport and also um quite a bit of strength and cardio i would think yeah. Plus, I mean, I think the most of it was just kind of getting out there and meeting people. And so it's obviously an all female team, um, from, you know, the surrounding area. And, you know, you have a few beverages in the locker room before, a few beverages after. It's, it's more for the camaraderie than anything. But, um, but yeah, the exercise definitely helps. And we're Canadian. So it's kind of in our blood. <laughs> right. Let's, uh, let's talk about seriously trucking and, and your role there. You know, first, can you share with the audience who Searcy Trucking is? You said it was a, a subsidiary of Bison, uh, Bison Transport, That's uh, right. well-known uh, friends at the Truckload Carriers Association, and we see them all the time, every year, several times. But uh, yeah, who is Searcy Trucking specifically? 
Yeah. So Circe Trucking is a open deck carrier uh, right in Winnipeg. And we also have a terminal um, close to the Canada-US border. We're only about 120 kilometers from um, the Emerson uh, Pemina crossing. Um, so we're quite close to the US border, which is really nice. Um, so we're open deck carrier, um, primarily machinery. Uh, we have a heavy haul division that's in Altona, Manitoba, which is the one that's closer to the border. Um, so we are a cross-border carrier. We have a smaller Canada-only fleet, so uh, it's nice so we can service our customers in Canada and the U.S. I would say about 70 to 80% of our miles are, are run throughout the, the U.S. So um, being close to the border is obviously quite convenient for us and being, you know, the center of Canada is also uh, really good for our operation. Um, so we were purchased by Bison back in 2012, I want to say, 2012. Um, but it was established in 1969. So we've been around for almost 55 years. Um, it's a great company. And honestly, when it was purchased, that the opportunity from Bison came when I was approached to see if I would be willing to actually work at both companies and grow Searcy Trucking. I remember at the time, Ugh, don't quote me on the exact number, but I want to say there was around 60 to 70 drivers and, um, you know, mostly companies, some owner operators. Um, so when I was approached to move over, I'd actually only lived about a kilometer away from CRC at the time. So I was like, absolutely, I could go home for lunch and it'll be great. So uh, that was the original plan. And then um, about a month into my journey at CRC, it was kind of, there was a, you know, a little bit of a a reconfiguration and they realized that you know we, we need to jump right into this we want you to to stay there so i really enjoyed the people um i was one of three females at the time to walk in the door at crc it was a predominantly male uh company so it was a change but um it was kind of a, a tense time anytime there's like a takeover especially with a you know a, a quite a large company like Bison taking over a smaller, you know, family owned, family run um, company like CRC. So um, there was some turnover at the time, but um, I think it was, it was good for the company. I think that um, <laughs> my nickname at the time was the Bison spy. I don't know if I should be saying that or not, but <laughs> people, people thought that I was sent to spy on CRC, Um, but that was not the truth at all. So uh, I was taken under the wing of the operations manager at the time. And because, uh, again, uh, Bison is is open or is um, van and reefer freight. So I didn't really know much about open deck trucking. I didn't know about load securement or anything like that. So uh, they took me on and, you know, they coached me and trained me. So I was a recruiter at the time trying to grow uh, CRC um, at, at that time. So that was 20, uh, 2014 I, I came over. So um yeah, I'm 10 years into my journey at CRC and uh, happy to say that we've, you know, doubled our numbers since I started. And, you know, we're still looking for the qualified owner operators and trying to grow our owner operator fleet. And um, obviously we have the same struggles as the American side of the business, you know, with driver shortage. But uh, yeah, we're doing we're doing a really good job. And I, I again, I don't I'm big on culture and obviously they put me in charge of it at CRC. So I wouldn't stay someplace where I didn't feel like culture was, was important. And it's definitely, um, you know, one of the, um, the, the big reasons why I, I stay and at CRC. So you've, you mentioned that, uh, 
this is your 10th year, right? And in 2023, yes. you were promoted to director of culture and driver services. And I think that title sums up what I gather you're most passionate about as you've shared. But, um, and after knowing each other, you know, through the industry, you and I, and, and through our LinkedIn network, we finally got to meet in person last year as you flew south for the winter and attended uh, for the first time, I believe, the TCA's annual conference in Orlando. And uh, I'm really glad that we got to meet. And, and I know you had a great time uh, representing Searcy Trucking there. Uh, just I'm curious if you can elaborate on on what a leadership role of, of culture and, and driver services entails. So... Again, I I was made a manager, I would say probably about five years ago, and, and I do manage a small team. So our driver services department, you know, every company is different. And I feel like some of the smaller companies, not that we're a small company now with uh, with almost 200 members, but um, I feel like, you know, there's one person that kind of does, does everything and it can be really overwhelming, right? So we kind of started with, you know, one safety, risk, compliance, health and safety, recruiter, and then, you know, now we're starting to, to grow a little more. So um, my department, I have a, a driver services coordinator, uh, Chloe. She's great. She's uh, in charge of our e-logs and satellite and our fuel program. Um, she's amazing at everything she does. She's very, very smart. And uh, sometimes I'm reminded how smart she is. Uh, and then we have a driver services and safety coordinator who is uh, responsible, again, for the day-to-day driver services and then our health and safety program. Um, she's great. She's just celebrated her five years. Uh, Jen, she's been with me for a while now. Uh, and then I have the risk and compliance department as well. So Steve, he's a manager of that. So again, everything risk and compliance goes through, uh, goes through him, uh, you know, CSA scores and Manitoba carrier profiles, all of that. And then, uh, we have our recruiter, Kim. So, um, she's, uh, one of the newest to the team. She's been there since August and, uh, She's again amazing. She does such a, a good job. So we, the five of us, are, are responsible for, you know, the day to day and uh, the culture aspect. Kind of came on just because, again, you know, with with you and I doing what we're doing now, I'm I'm a big advocate for the industry. I never realized I was going to enjoy the industry so much, and then you know, you fall in love with you know the the actual aspect of of trucking and how important it is. And then, you know, you also take a, um, take a liking to the drivers that come through and, you know, come and sit down in your chair and, and want to, you know, talk about their week or, you know, talk about their upcoming time off to Mexico or whatever. It, it makes you feel like, you know, obviously they're alone for so much part of their day. And when they come back to the office, it was like, wow, this is, you know, this is a good feeling to have that people want to come and, and share with you and, um, not just, you know, and some drivers want to, you know, go home after their trip and they don't want to come into the office and, and make their rounds. But at the end of the day, I think most of them come in and, and chat with us. So, um, you know, you and I doing what we're doing and, and spreading the word about the industry and, and some of talking about some of the important aspects of it, um, you know, kind of did drive me towards, you know, the communication side of things, the culture side. Um, so, you know, it was developed into my role not like I wasn't already doing it, but, you know, when you put that in, um, you know, culture is such an important word. I think that every time, you know, I interview somebody that it's, it's always talked about, right. It's important for most people, um, that a culture is, um, is strong at, at a workplace, right. So I'm not saying that we're there yet. You know, we have a lot of, a lot of things to work on, a lot of things to do, but I think it's, you know, constantly evolving. And so, um, pretty decent at uh, making sure I 
I set goals and, and reach them. So yeah, this is the journey now that, that I'm on is just making sure that we have one of the best corporate cultures, um, especially in, in Manitoba, if not uh, North America. Okay. Well, I mentioned earlier award-winning uh, because you recently received a Searcy Leadership Award. I know that's a big honor and something to certainly be proud of. And you have you have definitely shared, you know, just in in, in how we've been you know talking and some of the things that you've shared, uh, just how important that is to you. You know, um, it, you it kind of reminds me the company I founded, Driver Reach, has been working with an Alabama-based carrier, RE Garrison, for uh, at least a few years. And I interviewed their director of safety and HR, Tracy Rushing, and. And I really appreciated what she shared about their mindset, which was she she referred to them as a destination employer, and then uh, which I thought was really neat. I had never heard anyone talk like that before. And then she also mentioned that there are two types of people who work at their company: you have drivers, and then you, you have those who support drivers. And you know, I'm kind of getting that same vibe, and I think that's just really cool. I, I was I was encouraged by that mindset, and and I can't help but you know believe it can really transform a company if it's adopted you know from the top down. I think that even our president, um, and the thing is, that seriously, we have a lot of people that are non-drivers that used to be drivers, which I think is really important. And I've never had the privilege of driving, although I wanted to have my own YouTube channel with my girlfriend when I worked at Bison, and we were going to like have like a bikini, <laughs> a bikini YouTube channel where we, you know, drove in our bikinis and visited all across North America, but uh, that didn't happen. So uh, now I'm here, and I think that our president would even um, argue that. You know, he's not the most important person at the company. And that's really something we try to instill, uh, you know, from day one during orientation for non-drivers. Like everything that we do, the reasons why we have a company for 50, almost 55 years is is because of our drivers, right? So they're, they're the VIPs. They're the ones that, you know, keep the lights on, that pay our salaries, that, you know, we can afford, um, you know, coffee in the coffee maker on Monday morning. It's it's super important, and I'm not sure if every company feels that way. And um, I, I'm lucky enough that I've only worked at two trucking companies, and they both feel that way. So it's easy to kind of you know make that um, make that established at CRC. And, and I would agree with her in the fact that you know that's what she says. It's we we want people to come and stay here. You can go to any literally right now in Canada. I'm sure it's like that in the U.S. If you have a class one, you have some experience in your belt you could literally be hired, you know, the same day if you walk in or apply online. Like the driver shortage is real. Experienced drivers and finding drivers that, you know, are safe and um and dedicated to their trade is is it's hard to come by. So um keeping people at CRC, I know that retention is important for everybody, is obviously part of, you know, my position in in recruiting and retention. But um it, it's it's tough. But you really have to work on it and you really have to make sure that everybody's on the same page and uh, we try to say that in orientation, you know, like if you're not, if you're not thinking that the driver is the most important person here, then probably isn't the best company for you because everything we do, you know, you have to put the the driver at number one position at Cersei. Well, and I know that turnover uh, has been low. I mean, I think you've done a really good job there and perhaps you could share a little bit. I know we, with just a few minutes that we have left, I'm, I'm curious, uh, I still want to make sure I want to talk about Canada and I want to make sure that we get into the uh, deeper dive question, but Maybe do you have an example that you can share uh, something that maybe you've already done to improve Searcy's driver retention and then or anything that you're working on going forward? Yeah, I think that um, over the years, um, you know, we're, we're part of many associations. Um, first and foremost, the Manitoba Trucking Association uh, is, is our um, 
is our primary and I sit on the board of directors along with our president there. So we get a lot of information from um, a lot of our peer groups on what they're doing. And, you know, we sit on the TCA, the CTA, the Canadian Trucking Alliance as well. And, um, you know, when you listen to other people on what they're doing, sometimes it it makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I don't know if we could really do that. But um, I think one of the most important things that I learned early on was, you know, getting the driver, the feedback from the driver, you know, you and I can sit and talk about what we think is, you know, is the best about CRC, but until you actually talk to the driver, um, and not saying that you have to have a long winded, you know, one on one with them every single time, but, you know, we're big on feedback and we're big on, you know, the, 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 the president, the vice presidents will always, you know, put their names directly on any sort of communications. Like they want to know what's happening. They want the drivers to, um, you know, let them know what their likes and their dislikes are. Because again, every driver is different and owner operator from a company driver, they have different end games, right? So um, it was important for us to gather feedback and make sure that we were taking that information and actually using it, right? Because there's nothing worse when you're doing a survey and then you put your heart and soul to the survey and then nothing happens Crickets. and nothing changes, Exactly. Right? So yeah, it's important for us to, you know, involve the fleet managers and, and the dispatch team in, in most of the, the comments and the feedback we get are, you know, related to operations and, you know, sometimes equipment and involving the shop. So it was important for us to uh, make sure that every person that was involved in that survey or that was mentioned in that survey um, is, is encouraged to reach out like, hey, how can we do this? So we do uh, biweekly meetings for recruiting and retention with um, some of the managers, some of the workers as well. Um, we do a, a lot of just, you know, huddles on how to improve the experience. And it really, really helps. Like I said, that, um, you know, two of our three executives in our president and vice president, they were on the road. They were drivers for years. Uh, Norm, our president was at Transex and, and Bison for years. So they know how it feels. And I think that makes a difference when they're relatable and, um, the drivers, I, I know, appreciate that. Well, you mentioned being active in uh, CTA as well as. Uh, Manitoba Trucking Association on the board there. So let's talk about Canada real quick. I, I know, I assume that there are plenty of similarities with trucking in the United States, but uh, anything that maybe stands out or something, anything that you can share about the environment maybe in the last uh, couple of years? You know what? You're right. We did see a lot of the same, um, you know, the the increase in rates last year and now kind of the the slip, the slippery slope of the rates, you know, over the past uh, six months, eight months here, it seems to kind of hit us a little bit um, slower than it does. Like we kind of get the, the, the trickle effect, um, you know, based on it hitting uh, the U.S. immediately. I think that we have a few months to kind of get uh, get the the full effect of, you know, anything that's happening. So um, I know for us being situated where we are right in the middle of Canada, um, it's a really good hub for, you know, for freight and it gives our drivers the opportunity to, um, you know, they're long haul drivers, majority of them, but it gives them the opportunity when they're coming home to, you know, go and, and see their family and then either, you know, take their freight west or east because we service, we service all across Canada and then all the states as well. Um, so it's, it's important for us kind of where we're located where we have that flexibility. So if a driver's, you know, going south, and doing a little triangle and going, um, you know, and servicing our customers in the East Coast, you know, they can come right back up through, um, you know, Manitoba, go home, you know, see their family, kiss their partners, and then, you know, carry on with their freight, um, you know, the next day or whatnot. So it kind of 
gives us a, a little bit of flexibility, I think. The drivers appreciate obviously being able to come um, home. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, we still see the same effects of everything. We're still actively involved in these associations um, because I think it's important, especially at the TCA last year, you know, a lot of it was U.S. focused, but I could take a lot of it away as well and then, you know, establish it, um, you know, in, into our operation in Canada. So I, I big on, you know, making sure that we're, we're always kind of understanding and, and learning how things are happening south of the border because it eventually will, will trickle up anyways to us. But, uh, but right now, honestly, you know, we have uh, a few new customers. We've got a few awards. It's, it's going pretty well for us. We're excited. I think that sometimes in the beginning of the year, um, you have that like holiday-itis, you know, when the holidays are done and you're kind of, you know, kind of laxing on some motivation. But, uh, but yeah, our sales team and our executive team have uh, done a really good job of, of securing some, some customer freight. And we have a lot of our own direct customer freight, which, uh, which helps where we are. So those long established relationships that they work hard on, it's definitely, definitely helps being up in Canada and, uh, and still being able to service our U.S., uh, U.S. customers. Well, and, and, and I mentioned earlier about the deeper dive segment, uh, which is a, a good opportunity here where we, where we take a question from one of our listeners. And today's deeper dive question is brought to you by Infinity Workforce Solutions. And the question is, we spend a lot of money on advertising and marketing for drivers but not nearly enough emphasis is put on retaining drivers. And as a result, we have a leaky bucket problem. What are some steps we can take to improve retention and stop spending so much on recruiting? Do you have any thoughts there? That's a great question, actually. Um, you know, we're uh, the amount of emails that I get from um, agencies, you know, to, to help hire, help hire. Um, there's really no talk about the retention in there. So I think it's really important to, again, listen to what your peer groups are doing. Um, I, when I first started this journey, I felt like everybody was super, um, secretive, you know, oh, you know, we don't want anybody else to know our pay packages or what we're doing here. And now I feel like it's evolved into like everybody's kind of more industry focused. So if, you know, I hear of something that a company's doing, I was like, you know what, that's a really great idea. Um, just for example, doing like a, we do a, a referral bonus. I think that referrals are our biggest source actually, um, of, of onboarding drivers. I think that when, uh, it speaks volumes when a driver, you know, I think our referral rate actually was in the high 60s, 60% last year for our driver. So it speaks volumes when a driver is happy and they want to bring other drivers there. Um, so, I mean, with the advertising, we're, we don't advertise a ton for the onboarding. It's about the driver experience, right? Why, why seriously when you can go down the street and to one of our competitors and you can go there, right? So I think that learning from what other people are doing is really important. Um, what works for one company might not work for another company. You know, we, um, as much as we want to have one-on-ones with drivers, we obviously know that's not the case. So we do a lot of, you know, email and, um, you know, uh, communications via apps and whatnot, just to get feedback from our drivers, because we know we're realistic. We know that, you know, they can't always stop in, especially, you know, Monday to Friday when we're at our desks, you know, eight to five or whatnot. Um, so for us, I think it starts with just making sure that communication line is open. Um, you know, the drivers meet me in orientation. They meet my entire team. Um, they meet everybody in the office, but it's important that they know that they can always reach out to us. And especially in that first 
um, month. You know, it seems like when things can go wrong for somebody new, they're going to go wrong on the first trip and it's going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> but um, I think it's really important to make sure that they know that they um, are going to have to talk to their fleet manager after the trip on how it went. Um, any other training that they can do. I think that a driver sometimes feels like when they're onboarded, it's like, okay, bye, go do your job. You know, it's, they maybe feel like they can't ask the questions after they started. So um, for us, it's really important just to make sure that communication line is open because when it closes, um, that's not a good thing because then you never know what they're thinking, right? Well, thank you so much, my Canadian friend, for uh, for joining us today. I love your passion. Certainly appreciate the difference that you're making, not just for Circe, but in the industry in general. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you finally asked me after being friends <laughs> with you for four years to join the show. It was great. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Stay tuned for next episode as I'm joined by Jason Douglas, Director of Recruiting and Retention for Stokes Trucking. And once again, special thanks to the sponsors of the show. We really appreciate you. If you're interested in being a sponsor or joining me for an interview, please email jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.